Love listening to Thinking in English? I think you would also love listening to Simple English News Daily, the sponsor of today's episode. Simple English News Daily is a daily summary of the most important news happening around the world every day. And the best part, it is recorded in intermediate English. Want to improve your English listening skills? Interested in current affairs and the news? Listen to Simple English News Daily. It is a great way to stay up to date with world news while also practicing English. The podcast is just seven minutes long and uploaded every weekday. So, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, you will have a new episode to listen to. You can find Simple English News Daily by clicking on the More Like This tab on Spotify, clicking the link in the episode description, or by going to send7.org. Hello, I'm Tom Wilkinson, and welcome to the Thinking in English podcast, a podcast for intermediate to advanced level English learners. Imagine you are the leader of a country. How do you improve your international reputation? How do you make friends and gain influence? Countries around the world have tried a lot of creative approaches, but perhaps my favourite approach is panda diplomacy. What is panda diplomacy? How did it start and is it ending? Let's discuss these questions today. You can find the full transcript for this episode for free over on the Thinking in English blog. Here is today's vocabulary list. Diplomacy. Diplomacy. The conduct of international relations and negotiations between countries to maintain peaceful and productive relationships. For example, the country is trying to use diplomacy to improve its international reputation. Soft power. Soft power. The use of attraction and persuasion to influence others, as opposed to coercion. For instance, the UK's investment in English language education is an effective use of soft power. Coercion. Coercion. The practice of persuading someone to do something by using force or threats, as in, the diplomatic community condemned the use of coercion in the negotiations. Lease. Lease. To allow, temporarily, the use of something in exchange for payment. As in, the zoo leased two pandas from China. Goodwill. Goodwill. A friendly and cooperative attitude or disposition. For example, the exchange of gifts between the countries was a symbol of goodwill. Ambassador. Ambassador. A diplomat representing their country and promoting its interests abroad. As in, the ambassadors played a crucial role in facilitating communication and building bridges. Normalization. Normalization. The process of improving diplomatic ties between countries. For example, 
the normalization of relations between the neighboring countries resulted in increased collaboration, partnerships and cultural exchanges. Keeping peaceful and productive relationships in our world of many countries, languages, religions and cultures is obviously a challenge. This is why diplomacy and diplomats are so important. Diplomacy has many different forms. It involves sending groups of representatives to other countries to act as your voice in that country. These are the embassies, consulates and high commissions found in most capital cities. Diplomacy also appears in international discussions and negotiations at conferences and meetings. Representatives of countries, regions and international organisations come together to discuss and negotiate agreements and treaties. They may be discussing the environment and global warming, human rights, migration or any other international issue. Diplomacy is also connected with the concept of soft power, which involves influencing others through attraction and persuasion rather than coercion. There are examples of soft power all across the world. South Korea's government helps fund K-pop studios and Korean dramas, which have increased the popularity and cultural power of Korea in recent years. The British government helps fund the British Council, which teaches English and organises cultural events in over 100 different countries. And I studied Chinese in Taiwan thanks to a Taiwanese government scholarship designed to get young people interested in Taiwanese society. One of the most famous examples of soft power comes from China in the form of panda diplomacy. Panda diplomacy refers to China's policy of gifting or leasing pandas to countries as a symbol of goodwill and friendship. Rather than relying solely on traditional political or economic strategies, China turned to the adorable black and white bears to strengthen their international relations. Giant pandas are more than just cute and cuddly creatures. They are considered one of the key symbols of China and the country's national animal. They also hold significant symbolic value, often representing peace and harmony. The choice of pandas in diplomatic exchanges is based in the belief that their gentle nature and charming appearance can help overcome cultural gaps and create positive connections between nations. For decades, key political decisions or treaties involving China often coincided with the gift or loan of a panda. Pandas are iconic and wildly popular around the world. I have personally seen the massive lines outside of the zoo in Tokyo to see Japan's pandas in the months before they were sent back to China. They were incredibly popular, almost acting like cultural representatives or ambassadors for China, while making the zoo a lot of money in visitors and merchandise. 
An interesting term I found researching for this episode is pandanomics. In a nutshell, zoos which have pandas are far more successful than zoos without pandas. Edinburgh Zoo in Scotland apparently had 4 million extra visitors and earned £5 million more in revenue after just two years of hosting pandas. In Japan, the panda Shangshang was so popular that the entire area of Tokyo surrounding her zoo received an economic boost after her birth. And a platform that hosted a live stream of her enclosure experienced a large rise in stock value due to the panda. And as China is the only country to have wild populations of pandas, as well as conservation areas and care facilities, they control the supply of these animals to zoos and parks. If you want a panda, you need to be on China's good side. China is agreeing a new economic or trade deal. A panda will often be involved. A country stops recognising Taiwan as a country and instead only recognises China. They might be given a panda. China wants to improve its reputation in a country. Panda. Let me give you some recent examples, or I guess kind of recent examples, of panda diplomacy. Japan received two pandas in 2008, after the Chinese leader Hu Jintao visited the country. Hu Jintao wanted to promote friendly relationships between uh, the two Asian nations. Also in 2008, Taiwan accepted pandas after a change in its government to the more China-friendly Kuomintang party. And in 2018, Finland supported the One China policy, the idea that there is only one China, meaning that Taiwan should not be independent. And in return, Finland received two pandas. In each of these cases, pandas were used by China as a symbol of positive relationships or to reward decisions they agreed with, like Taiwan voting for a pro-China government or Finland supporting China's policy. In fact, after the 2008 earthquake in China's Sichuan province, around 60 pandas needed to be rehomed. Virtually all of them were gifted to countries that China needed or wanted good relations with. For instance, Australia was gifted pandas, and Australia is perhaps China's most important supplier of heavy metals and rare materials. I guess an important thing to mention here is that, since the 1980s, China does not gift pandas anymore. Instead, they lease them to zoos around the world. Usually, the lease is at least 10 years long, and any panda cubs born belong to China, and it can cost up to $1 million a year to accept a panda from China. And that doesn't include the cost of caring for or feeding the animals. Panda diplomacy is not exactly a new or entirely recent phenomena. Apparently, during the Tang dynasty, so over 1,000 years ago, records suggest that Japan was sent white bears as a gift from the Emperor of China. 
Experts now suggest these white bears were giant pandas. The modern tradition of using pandas as a diplomatic tool began during the Second World War. The US had been supporting the Chinese ruling party while under attack by the Japanese. And in return, the wife of China's leader organised for live pandas to be presented as a gift. However, it is important to point out that this was a very different China to the China you know today. This was the Republic of China, who were defeated in the Civil War by the Communist Party and then driven into exile on the island of Taiwan. The Communists formed the People's Republic of China, but continued to use pandas as a diplomatic tool. One of the most famous instances of panda diplomacy came during the 1972 visit to China by US President Richard Nixon. This visit was the first by a US president to the People's Republic of China and was the key point in the normalisation of relations between the US and their allies and the People's Republic of China. In 1949, the Chinese Communist Party had successfully gained control over the mainland of China and driven the ruling Kuomintang Party to the island of Taiwan. However, most Western countries still recognised the Kuomintang as the rightful rulers of China. This meant that most countries saw the island of Taiwan as the real China, and the UN had Taiwan as one of its five core members. Nixon's visit symbolised the change in this policy. It was an important political event in which China began to be recognised as the real China, and it also coincided with lots of cultural diplomacy and exchanges. Mao Zedong, chairman of the Chinese Communist Party, offered to send the United States two pandas during Nixon's visit. The pandas were received later that year, millions of visitors travelled to see them in their first year in the US, and this event was widely viewed as a massive diplomatic success for China. Soon after, the British Prime Minister visited China and also asked for two pandas. And two were sent to London almost immediately. The UK's pandas inspired the iconic logo of the World Wildlife Fund. These early examples of panda diplomacy all involved the gifting of pandas to other countries. Alongside Britain and the US, allies of China including the USSR and North Korea also received gifts, as did the likes of Germany, Japan, France, Mexico and Spain. In the 1980s, China decided to stop giving away giant pandas. Instead, they moved to a system of loans and leases. Zoos around the world can pay to host a pair of pandas for around 10 years. But China will still own the animal and any children it produces. Right now, there are around 65 pandas loaned to 19 countries around the world. Despite this, articles have been written in various newspapers claiming that panda diplomacy is over. Why? 
For the first time since the 1970s, the US National Zoo in Washington DC has no pandas. Tian Tian and Mei Xiang, a panda couple who first arrived in Washington in the year 2000, will return to China in the next few weeks, and there are no signs that they will be replaced. Panda leases in Scotland and Australia have also come to an end with no extensions or replacements in recent years. And four of Japan's pandas finally returned to China earlier this year, after delays in their repatriation. As of now, the future of panda diplomacy remains uncertain, and there are signs that it may be undergoing significant changes. The trend of not renewing these zoos' leases suggests a potential shift in China's approach to sharing pandas with western zoos. Some people are calling this change in policy punitive panda diplomacy, suggesting it is a possible response to the diplomatic tensions between China and western countries, particularly the United States. The panda recall may be linked to deeper political tensions, such as the disagreements between the US and China on issues like sanctions, semiconductors, drug concerns, and suspicions about Chinese ownership of social media platforms. If pandas are supposed to be the symbols of friendship and cooperation between China and other countries, there seems little point in allowing countries with very anti-China politics to keep the animal. For example, Britain, Australia and the US have all lost pandas in recent years, and are all countries that have criticised China and restricted Chinese business. On the other hand, the Middle Eastern nation Qatar, who have been a much better friend to China recently, received two pandas just last year. This could be a sign that China is now switching its focus to forming relationships, friendships and agreements away from Europe and North America. Moreover, the recall of pandas from zoos could be a strategy for China to renegotiate and plan a new form of panda diplomacy going forward. Now, this episode was supposed to end here, but then as I was finishing my research, Chinese President Xi took a trip to the United States and met with US President Joe Biden. And in his speech on November 16th, she said the following, We are ready to continue our cooperation with the United States on panda conservation, and do our best to meet the wishes of the Californians so as to deepen the friendly ties between our two peoples. Could pandas be returning to the West sooner than experts thought? Is panda diplomacy really over? I guess... We'll have to wait and see. So here is today's final thought. Panda diplomacy, a unique and symbolic form of diplomacy, has played a significant role in China's diplomatic strategy. These beloved and iconic creatures have been used to promote goodwill and create positive relationships with other nations. 
Over the years, the tradition of gifting pandas has evolved into leasing to zoos across the world, but recent trends suggest a potential shift. The recall of pandas from Western zoos raises questions about China's diplomatic intentions amid geopolitical tensions. Despite speculations about the end of panda diplomacy, recent statements from Chinese President Xi hint at a possible revival, leaving the future of this adorable diplomatic practice uncertain. But what do you think? Should pandas be used as a diplomatic tool? What ways does your country have of improving its reputation around the world? I come from the UK. The UK government has many different ways it tries to improve its reputation, including the British Council, which teaches a curriculum around the world that's designed to teach you about Britain, the UK, and improve your、uh, your understanding of the UK. Thank you for listening to today's episode. You can find the full transcript over on the Thinking in English blog, and please consider becoming a Patreon subscriber. Without my Patreon subscribers, I cannot continue Thinking in English, and you get many great benefits. In fact, in 2024, I'm probably increasing the price of the Patreon memberships. So join right now, and you won't have to pay a higher price ever. Your price will be locked in. So join right now. Bonus episodes, lots of other cool things. Yeah, thank you. But that's enough promotion of myself. Have a great day, and I'll see you next time. Goodbye.